Hi, welcome to the Women in Comedy Festival podcast. I am your host, Amy, and today I am chatting to a frog regular, the wonderful Lou Conran. And her and I sit and just chat about her journey of being too funny for drama school, uh, talking about being a warm-up comedian on TV shows, her new tour that she's bringing to the Woman Comedy Festival, and just a great old chat about comedy. And um, it was really wonderful to get to know her a little bit more, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Do it like the old days with the cassette tape. You remember oh, when like you had press to press the, the press play and record, record at the same time. <gasps> oh my god! <gasps> do you remember that? Yeah. You oh, remember? Do I remember it? <laughs> How are you remembering that, Amy? You're only about twelve. Oh, you're shut up. How old are you? In I'm thirty-nine. Are you? Yeah. yeah. My face actually physically <laughs> drops then when I'm looking at you, going. You're not 39. Yeah. <gasps> no. Yeah. I won't have it said. Yeah. I thought you, and I'm not blowing smoke up your hole, but I thought you were genuinely about 29. Really? Mm. I actually had that the other night and I had to bring my driver's license out and show them. And still, they were like, no, I don't believe you. And was I somebody was like, trying to get off with you? Maybe. Mm. Probably. Yeah. 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 That's probably the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I remember the cassette players. I used to make my own radio shows. So did I. Plonka Radio. Me and Karen Osborne, we used to um, record a little show in my bedroom. She's dead now. But that's uh, <laughs> not because of the radio show. I hope, anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's irrelevant. But, yeah. we used to, And then you have to wait to, for the music to come in on the radio and then... Yeah, yeah. Wait for the song mm. to come in, and then you would. I had my little microphone, and I would talk over. I really wanted to work on radio, but now, and now here you are. Here I am doing a podcast, Shit. talking to amazing comics about their journey, and me, and you. No, <laughs> <laughs> Typical comedian. <laughs> I feel like we're in a radio show right now. I think so. Yeah. I feel like we got a song coming up. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a leotard on under this jumper. I'm going do to do you? some interpretive dance for you. I love interpretive dance. Yeah. I make my gentleman call it, um, uh, do regular dances for me every morning. This morning, he's he, we do one. It's not necessarily a dance, but this morning he, um, he's he got um, one that, where he pretends he's on a ski lift. I love that. Yeah, and when we first got together, it was just him trying to get on a button lift on a, on a ski slope. But now it's gone into a full routine that I make him do. And he, he's always naked when he does it. <laughs> so this morning he, um, it, it's, I mean... It's quite fun in our house. But this morning, he um, he sort of like acted out that he was wearing the skis, like trying to walk yeah. sideways up a slope. And then he acted skiing down the slope um, and his, his willy was flapping up and down as he was pretending to go over bumpy bits on the snow and everything. I'm just pulling a face there. Yeah. It's really funny. I mean, maybe I'll get him to do it for you, but maybe not naked. Yeah, not naked. Mm. Um, me and my friend do interpreted dances, fully clothed. Yeah, good. We love it. Mm. We'll be in a nightclub and we'll just start. Well, not that I go to nightclubs anymore, but when well, I've known her for 10 years and we would just be somewhere and then we would just start. You've got to, though. Just you spice do. it up a bit, haven't you? Yeah. Me and my mate Ruth, we do um, Crufts dog show in the street. So I'll I'll go, come on, come on. And I wind her through around bins and lamp posts and stuff like that and we have a great time and I am I'm far too old to be doing stuff like that but you've got to just retain that sense of fun do you know what I mean Amy? no yeah. I could I could see you as an old lady doing all that stuff you know you yeah. have all your bracelets on yeah your, your big earrings and you yeah. just walk in yeah I could see that mm -hmm. in you you know that lady I don't know her name but she's like really famous for being a fashion icon she's about like 90 or 100 I think do you know what I'm talking about in America? And she's like... The one with the massive glasses? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know her name. I'm more like... I, I'm hoping that when I get a bit older, I'm going to be like Miriam Margulies. The, the, do you know who I mean? No. Right, so she's... Um, 
She's sort of mid to late 80s. She was in the Harry Potter films. <gasps> oh, my she, God, yes, yeah. I know who you're talking She's about now. really inappropriate. Oh my God, yes. Um, yeah, that's me. Well, that's me now, but I'm, I'm hoping that I will become her when I'm older. Have you seen her Vogue What's in Your Bag interview? And she no. pulls out an onion. Oh, because she eats more onions, yeah. doesn't she? And the people are like, "Do you smell like onion?" She goes, "Yes." I just, I just yeah. found it so funny. She's like, amazing. I'm not doing it justice, but and her watch partner it. Partner must be like, "Darling, will you just go and perhaps not today?" Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. So that's what I'm aspiring to, anyway. I could see that in you, mm. actually. Mm. I could see that coming out. Mm. You're hilarious. I love you as an MC. Thank you. I really, because I've watched Lou a lot here at the Frog. Yeah. This is where I trained, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This Did you is... start and beat the Frog? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so so cool. I, um, when I had, I did. A I co- looked into you and that didn't come up. Oh, did it not? No, not in my oh. research of you. Well, um, I did a comedy course in Manchester that was run by a comedian R.I.P. called Dave Purdy. Yeah. Are you aware of this name? Yes, I am. Yeah. So Dave was a stalwart of the frog and he was like um, a raging alky, raging like... He used to do the comedy course and then he'd be um, taking taking us through whatever bollocks that he would come out with and then he'd cough and then open a can at the same time <coughs> to try and disguise the fact that he was um, drinking his own beer and mm. that the course was in a in a bar. Um, and then the graduation, uh, whatever, was sort of down the road. And then from that, he got us all in to beat the frog, and that's how I kind of started, really. Because yeah. mm. I read that you'd started in drama school mm. and you were too funny. You didn't take it seriously. Because no. obviously back, you know... Drama school, I think it lightened a little bit, but it was very serious and very proper oh and very God. RP. Yeah, it really was. Very Shakespeare. Yeah, very Shakespeare. And it was all Stanislavski-based. Yeah. The method and all of that. And then this is how good my drama school was. Um, the the basic training of Stanislavski and the method was um, uh, took place over one week. Yeah. And um, that was the week I decided to go on a booze cruise with my mate Sally Shorthair and Lisa Longhair. Um, And I took an empty suitcase so that I could just bring back beer and cheese. And then the driver's school tutor uh, head was ringing my mum every day going, where is she? She needs to be here. And my mum was like, she's ill. She's in bed. She's ill. Covering for me. And the bloke was like, well, can I speak to her? No, she's not very well. She's in bed. And my mum be like that and then when I got back from the booze cruise uh my mum went you need to sort this out I've been covering for you all week all right so I went to the doctors and got a sick note from the doctor and a poo um poo sample part and then I took that into the drum school the following week and said see I was really ill Mm. but I'd missed the basic training of Stanislavski that was done over that week Mm. the whole point of me being there did you stay? Did you graduate or did you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the principal hated me because I was, oh, Conrad, you're class clown. Oh, you don't take this seriously. No, I don't. I just, actors are at best wankers anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really, I mean, I was never really the sort of, oh, darling, I'm, you know, really affected and blah, blah, blah. I'm not really... Yeah. That. And it's a shame that didn't um, go, wow, she's funny. There's an mm. avenue for you. Let's put you into those roles. Let's get you. Yeah. Like, to, you know, because I could see you doing Puck. Oh, well, because me and Shakespeare, we don't really get on. Same. But yeah. um, in, um, was it Love's Labour's, Love's Labour's Lost, um, there's a part, Costard, Costard, Custard the Clown, that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Costard the Clown. Yeah. So that was um, the biggest role that they put me in because it was the clown mm. and I can't speak Shakespeare. So then uh, we did one day rehearsal with me as Costard the Clown and then day two it was I was recast. 
um, as uh, Jack Quinetta, who had three words. And um, I was thrilled about that. Really pleased. Yeah. Mm. And so. so from there, what made you go, like, did somebody direct you into comedy? Like, how did you find your way into the comedy course uh, and onto the Beat the Frog stage? Well, so after, was it a drama school? Hmm. After, no, before I went to drama school, I did another comedy course in London. Okay. Um, at a place called Jackson's Lane Theatre, which was sort of in Archway-ish area. And I was about 18 or 19, because it was comedy that I always wanted to do. Mm. Um, and the performance side of it was fine but it was just writing material that I struggled with yeah. and some would say still do um and then then I went to drama school and then after drama school I moved after a couple of years up to Manchester because me and my mate had written a like a kind of a comedy script for the BBC yeah and they gave us money to make like a little taster tape of it so I moved up to Manchester and we made the taster tape and then that got taken on by a production company so um, and that was based on the board game guess who about all the characters uh, which was a genius idea and I'm still really gutted it never happened and mm. then Hasbro who owned the game decided they didn't want to take it any further because oh. of copyright and stuff yeah so then Becky who I was living with moved down to Brighton and I'd just moved up to Manchester and I was like well what the hell am I going to do now and I was sat in the circle club with a friend having a drink, and then this comedy night set up around us, which was Dave Purdy's comedy course, The Graduation. And then I was like, this is dreadful. I could do better than that. And the rest, as I say, is history. <laughs> and here you are. And here I am. And you've travelled the world doing uh, comedy. Yeah. And not a Shakespearean moment has been had by thee, thou and thus. <laughs> Merci. That's the best Shakespeare I've ever heard. Have you watched Sex Education? Oh, I've seen a few of the episodes. If you get to the final of season two, they do this hilarious take on Shakespeare and it's so funny. It's the best. But I can't uh, ruin it no. for anyone. Okay, well, I will I will watch it then. Watch it. It is very yeah. funny. Is that the one with Gillian Anderson yeah. in Girl Crush? Yeah, oh. she's amazing. Isn't she a very beautiful woman? Yeah, she is. Mm. She was great in streetcar name design. Oh my god, you're so culturally aware. I know. Mm. I watched so much. I'm such mm. a geek, really. Was that on the stage in theatre? Yes. Was it? No, but I watched it the National Theatre Live oh, the recording right. of it. Because oh. in my country, you know, that's the only way we get to watch it. Oh, I'm so sorry. You haven't been to my country, have you? No, I'm supposed to go this year, but then it got flooded. Oh, yeah. Mm. Which is rather inconvenient. Yeah, we've not had a good time, naturally. No. I mean, Australia, because you've been to Australia many times, haven't you? Mm-hmm. How many times have you been there? Um, many times, you say. Three. Okay. Yeah. Have you done all of them? Because people no. might not know there's a huge Australian circuit and you normally start in Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, and then you might do Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, I've only done Perth and Adelaide. I went to Melbourne. Mm. Um, I was there for 24 hours and then COVID happened and then it was suggested that we should all go home. So then the, I had that decision of, oh, I could accidentally get myself trapped in Melbourne or I should go home. Mm. And eventually I just went home. Yeah. So I was, I've only been to Melbourne for 24 hours, so I didn't get to do any of anything there. So you didn't get to do the Melbourne Festival? No, but I've done gigs in the Sunshine Coast. Oh, yeah. Um, with There was a wonderful woman called Nikki Wilkinson who's part of, was part of a double act called the Cagoules, who were a massive institution in Edinburgh. And then she moved to Australia to live with her partner. I think I know her. I yeah. think you probably would. She's amazing. And then her and her partner have set up these gigs in the Sunshine Coast. And so we went, this year, we went from Perth to the Sunshine Coast to Adelaide via a place called Grafton. Yeah. Are you aware of Grafton? I, it's near Brisbane-ish. Yes, I am. It's horrendous. I know. <gasps> we drove five hours 
in like 40 degree heat via a pie pie shop service station pie shop amazing yeah had a floater pie which sounds disgusting and it was amazing yeah for the listener a floater pie is when they take the lid off the pie and they pour do you have these in New Zealand where they pour the um, mushy peas into the top of the pie with a load of gravy and then they put the lid back on and then they float it in a bowl of gravy no uh, no we don't oh god and then we got to Grafton and it was like um, it was it was a bit like driving into the wild west you know like you had that dusty yeah. road and it was like and then there was the, the place that we'd driven five hours to get to hadn't done any publicity so there was 12 people there um, and then it was a very blokey working man's yeah, pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, ah, oh, to my partner, are you the comedian? And he was like, yeah, I'm one of them. Right, where's the others? And he was like, well, she's on and she's on. No why? No. <laughs> and it was pretty much like that for the rest of the night, really. Um, and it is funny because when people complain about traveling in this country to gigs, you're like, I don't think anything can top traveling in Australia. No, because you literally. You'll drive for five hours and there'll be nothing. Yeah. It, there'll, there'll literally be nothing. Yeah. I mean, we were very lucky to find the pie shop service station. So, as I said, it was it was worth the journey just for that, really. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that there was 12 people. Yeah, and then uh, and then after the gig, some people that had been in the audience had said, "Now we're all going off to the local," which was a dance or something. Yeah, at the other side of Grafton, and the whole town were there. In this pub, there was a live band. Everyone was having the time of their lives, and then as soon as it turned eleven o'clock, everything stopped. Yeah, you have to leave now. Oh, we've just got here. No, no, bye-bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've lived in Queensland before. I've picked fruit. <gasps> no. Yeah. Why did it just literally, it's like somebody puts it all on pause. Yeah. There you go, bye-bye. Yeah, we didn't even, one town I lived in called Gumlu, they didn't even have a, all they had was a caravan park and then just farms all around it. And we literally lived in the caravan park. And on Friday night until midnight, they would stay open and you can buy the beers. You couldn't even get petrol there, groceries. You had to travel to go and get that stuff. And the supermarket closed at like midday on a Saturday. So you'd be hungover driving to wow. get your petrol and your groceries before midday. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I was 21 at the time. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a, Yeah, and there's me. I live in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, but that's really not. Yeah. The, the middle of bumfuck nowhere compared yeah. to all of that. Yeah, compared to Australia. Yeah. Shut up, Louise. Stop moaning. Yeah. <laughs> how, did, how did you find doing the, the Australian circuit? Like, obviously, you've only done a part there, mm. like just doing Perth and Adelaide. How was it taking a show out there? Um, um, obviously, you got beautiful weather. So. Yeah, beautiful weather. Perth, I really like Perth. I think that's, I've got an affection for Perth because I think that was the first place I actually went to because the first time I went, I just did Perth Festival and I came home. Mm. Perth, you just say hello and everyone is in hysterics. So you feel like a comedy goddess. So you're like, oh my God, when I get home, I'm going to be filling arenas. Yeah. And then you go to Adelaide and you're like, oh my God, when I get home, I'm just going to get a job in Sainsbury's because nobody finds me funny here. Yeah. Adelaide is tough. It's it a tough is festival. The weirdest. Having like the complete antithesis of Perth. You're like, yeah, ha, 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 ha. oh look at that, a, a frog. <laughs> and then you go to Adelaide and go, oh look at that, a frog. One year in Adelaide, yeah. I literally stopped the show. It was a compilation show. And I literally stopped it and I got a stool and I got a clipboard and a piece of paper and I, I said to the audience, of which there were many, I said, I'm going to do a survey now and I'm going to ask each and every one of you, what the fuck do you find funny? Because mm. you have not laughed at anything any of us have done. So you, and I went around the whole room and I wrote a list of everything that these people found funny 
um, and the, and it was like Forty Towers or Gavin and Stacey. So stuff that you yeah. know is obviously world worldwide commercial. Um, and and at the end of it, I went. So it's just us you don't find funny, and most of them went yeah. <laughs> so after that, I decided never to do a solo show in Adelaide. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I've heard that about Adelaide. I've never done the, never worked the Australian circuit, but I've heard Adelaide is the toughest out of them all. Brutal. Absolutely yeah. brutal. Yeah. And you come away questioning all of your life choices. Mm, 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 mm. With a tan, obviously. Obviously, because yeah. it's such beautiful weather. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. God. See, New Zealand audiences, we're really lovely. We might not officially laugh out loud. We will laugh, but we'll also be like, oh, at least they're having a go. <laughs> That's what you want to hear, isn't Yeah, at least they're having a go. Like, uh, there's a comedian who talks about how, like, the audiences are just like, oh, look at him. Stop being so hard on yourself. Mm. Like, stop, stop it. That's not good. <laughs> there is an element of that in Adelaide. Like, when you talk about... Um, I think this year I was talking about like being old and wretched and like menopausal. Mm. Um, whereas in Perth, all the women in the audience that were sort of like having the same thing were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got a dry fatty as yeah. well, yeah. But in Adelaide, they're like, oh, no, don't feel sorry for me. This is funny that I've got a dry, crispy fatty. <laughs> no, it's funny. Yeah. They're like, no. Be... And, then, and then they're like, oh. That's that's awful. Yeah. Oh god. And then you come away and go. Oh god. It it really is awful that. I'm... Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're sorry. not that bad. We oh, will good. laugh, but we we can smell bullshit. So if you came over and like, did you like? Oh, well, I was on the tube the other day, or using you like English, like what's the word for it? Like you know, like not slang, but you know, like your terminations. That's the word that you have for things. Mm. If you use that, we'll be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, you haven't researched our country. Mm-hmm. Off you go. Like, mm. very much like that. So you do have to do your research before you come over. Which I think you should do anyway. Yeah, you'd think that would be a given. Yeah. <laughs> we went to, um, on the way home this year, we got booked to do a couple of gigs in Singapore. And it was in a massive theatre. And I, I, I was a bit like, oh, well, are, uh, is what I do going to translate to mm. a Singaporean audience? Um, and then um, we sort of like had a walk around the shops and whatever, and it's obviously it's a very wealthy um, city, town, country, whatever. Very, very wealthy. So it's got the pockets of like your pound land mm. shopping centres. And then when I I sort of said to them, oh, you know, it's, you're you're really wealthy here. The only place I could go to is Lucky Plaza, which was the name of a shopping centre. Well, as soon as I said that. I mean, I practically got a standing ovation. I was yeah. like, thank God we had a walk around here first. Yeah. 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 And that was it. I was almost carried out of the building for mentioning the term lucky plaza. It's just, a, it's crazy, isn't mm. it? Because it's just those little things that people, that comics don't realise that they need to change. Like, it's like when comics come from the south up to the north, they think it's okay just to talk about the tube. And it's like, there are people in the north who've never been to London. Yeah. They've yeah. never been down there. They would rather go over to Europe than go to London. Like, yeah. do do some research. Yeah. Just change. All you have to do is just change a little wording. Yep. Yeah. 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 Ugh, ignorance. Ignorance. Ugh, we hate it. Mm. 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 So with yourself, um, so your journey through Beat the Frog, how many times did you do Beat the Frog? Did you get into the finals? Did you go, did you make your way through... What did I do? The fir- the very first time I did Beat the Frog, I won it. Oh, cool. And that was my third gig. Yeah. So then obviously I thought I was um, a comedy hero. Uh, so then when I came back to do it again, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be really boring because I'm going to win it again. And I got booted off pretty much like one minute 30 or something. And I yeah. was like, this is this is brutal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. How many times did I do it? I can't. I did it for a good couple of years, and okay. then I did the World Series. Yeah. But then, really, 
no, I think I did my heat and lost. So yeah. that was it. I was appalled. Yeah. And so did you go and do other comps or was this the only one you kind of did? My second gig, because I think this was my third. Yeah. My very second gig, I did King Gong oh, at the comedy yeah. store, which um, was horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, and I got booted off at, at like 50 seconds or something. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, I decided never to do competitions again. Yeah. But then, of course, you, you think, oh, well, I should really do the competitions. Mm. I've always been really bad at them. Yeah. And as soon as I go and do a gig that's got the word competition in it, my reset button in my brain goes, oh, God, this is going to take you right back to that time yeah. when you did this, this and this. So I just don't bother anymore. Okay. Do you fight, do you, do you advise younger comics to do them or are you a bit like you don't have to do them to? I think there's a huge difference in people doing comedy now mm. from when I started out. Because open spots um, behave and act like headliners. Yeah. This is what I have observed. So for me to say, go and do the competitions or don't go and do the competitions would be irrelevant anyway, because I don't think they'd listen. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the, the culture is so different from when I first started. I would always like, if I was at a gig and I was an open spot, I would stay for the whole gig and I would watch yeah. and I would learn. But that doesn't really happen so much anymore. No, it doesn't. They they tend to go away straight away. They don't want to see what other people are no, doing. No, because they don't it's wanna... this, conf this self-belief and this confidence. Obviously, you need that but yeah. to do what we do. But there's an arrogance as well with mm. a lot of people starting out, which I'm like, wow, wow, mm. wow. And I, I mean, that maybe that's just me being an old fart, but I'm like, God, I don't remember any of my um, comedy chums ever being like that who have yeah. come through the ranks. So I think that's the culture of YouTube and the TikTok and the online stuff now that everybody thinks because they've had something go viral that they think they're really funny. Yeah, and I don't know if that's... We don't know yet, do we, if that's longevity mm. in terms of the live... Mm. You know, because the only way you can learn is being on that stage. Yeah, and to watch other people and see what other people are doing. It's so funny with trends of what topics people are talking about, um, especially. So if I was, like, watching other people and they were sort of talking about similar things to me, I would think, all right, well, maybe I would perhaps write something different. <laughs> Yeah. Or have a different approach to it. But there's quite a lot of repetition in topics that was quite trendy to be this, that and the other at the moment. Yeah, the so. lookalike is the trendy mm. at the moment. Ah. Mm. You know, oh, I look like. Yeah. I, do, I look like. I've been told I look yeah. like. Yeah, oh, I know what you're thinking. I know. Oh, Miriam Margulies has let herself go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that whole thing. Oh, I wasn't really it. thinking that, but great. Go on. Mm. Yeah, I get a lot of feedback, though, from female. It's interesting you say that about this new generation because I still get a lot of feedback, and maybe that's why some female open mic comics are struggling with confidence because there's the other side of these people coming along going, oh, yeah, I'm great. Oh, it's just... I've done five gigs. I'm yeah, amazing. The peacocking that goes on and the, um, the lack of humility... And as I, I mean, I'm, I might have this wrong. Maybe loads of people were like that when I started out, but I, I wasn't generally never made to feel inferior in a green mm. room environment. I yeah. would probably do that to myself. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're with people and you go, oh my God, you've been doing this for years and you're amazing. But that, that um, female open spot thing, I can understand what they're saying because all, all the, it is a male female thing, but where the when the men are coming in going, Oh God, I'm gonna piss this. Yeah. Ah yeah, yeah. And then just making other people feel a bit in 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 superior, in insecure and inferior. Yeah. In superior. Well just talking about your C V. Like just going, Oh yeah, you know, I've done this gig and I smashed that gig and it's like Yeah. You know, who are you impressing? The people you should be impressing yeah. are who have paid tickets, really, yeah. not your peers. But also, it's so funny, though, that that 
it is true, like with everything that people put online now, with all that confidence, if you tell somebody you're amazing, people are going to believe that you're amazing. Yeah, that's true. Oh, shit, I wish I'd have done that. Yeah. Oh, I'm amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the yeah. online world. Yeah, it's interesting to see what how much that's going to change our industry. Well, it is already really, yeah. isn't it? There's a lot of people that have come. Like I did a gig a couple of weeks ago with a guy who was um, a YouTube sensation or mm. one of the TikTokers. And um, and he'd like done a couple of videos or whatever in um, in the lockdown. And now he's selling out huge theatres. But I, I'm, I'm like on TikTok or whatever, isn't it like 30 seconds yeah. or a minute or something like yeah. that? Yeah, you you've got an hour to fill, if minimum an hour. Yeah, and this guy that I was talking to, he said, "Oh yeah, I I mean, thing is, you know, I mean, I've I've got material, good. All these people have paid for you to come and do your show, yeah. and he'd said, oh, but what I'm getting around that, but I'm doing like a so and so and friends gig." So he was like, yeah, I'll do 20 minutes at the end, but I'm going to get a load of my friends to come on and do the show first. But it's like, oh, but you're not really advertising that. Yeah. So it's, um, it, it is massively changing. And Yeah. Like Josh Pugh, for example, he he's hilarious and he's gone stratus... I can't speak. Stratospheric. Stratospheric. I, I mean, you're asking a dyslexic, so I can't speak same, either. Same. So I'm I'm gonna make up the words. Yeah, let's just yeah. make up Shakespeare did. Yeah, Shakaspeare. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna call him. Yeah, Shakaspeare. But he, <laughs> but Josh has his career has gone like through the roof, but but rightly so because he's amazing. But he's done the graft before all of yeah. that, so he can write the shows and he can do the shows and he can back up everything because he has the background in it. So I was a bit like, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit worrying that that people are getting away with that yeah what this guy was doing i'm not saying that about josh at all because he absolutely deserves everything because he's amazing and brilliant yeah but this other guy i was like wow you're charging however much you're charging yeah. for 20 minutes and you're getting other people on yeah it's bad that isn't it yeah it is bad and like the thing that they don't understand like yes having all those followers are amazing if you're doing your own solo show because you're, you're mm. advertising that yourself, that is great. But when it comes to a lineup bill at a club, at an established club, no one cares who's on. They're just paying their money going, we are guaranteed because it's the club that they're mm. coming to and they know that the club is going to have a good lineup. Mm -hmm. So you then saying, I've got all these followers. I get emails like that all the time. I've got all these followers. I'll definitely be able to fill your club. And it's like, we don't need you to fill up club. No. Our name fills our club. Yeah, which is why it's the best comedy club, club. in um, uh, the northwest of the country and surrounding areas. Do come to the Frog and Bucket, <laughs> Alden Street, Manchester. You're really good at that. Do you do voiceover? Can I get a voiceover agent, Amy? Can I buy bollocks? Oh, you've got a great voice. I know. I've, I spent a fortune very recently doing a voiceover showreel. Ugh. Don't talk to me about it, Amy. Okay, sorry. No, do, no. Do we, do we edit that one? Me. Sorry, I didn't mean me. to trick you out. Yeah. What am I sitting yeah. on here? I don't know what you're sitting Ooh, on. Oh, a ball of tissue and oh. a sweet wrapper. That Is that yours? Yeah, it was in my own pocket. <laughs> I was sorry. just mortified. I was like, I'm sure I checked the cheers. <laughs> no, it's me. To make sure sorry. there's no... Oh, yeah, sorry about recording. that. Yeah, yeah. She's just having a nice little drink. Mm. You've done a lot of TV warm-ups, though, haven't you? Yeah. So yeah. how is it that, like, what's that process like? Oh, so God. you're I doing... I find it terrifying. Do you? Yeah. Because, um, because I, you never know, well, with quiz shows, especially, I used yeah. to do a lot on a 100K drop. Yeah. With Davina McCall. And that was terrifying because the way the program worked it was like a table in the middle of the set with a um, hundred thousand pounds in it and then the people would ask a question and if they got it wrong all the money would drop so then they would spend out ages get collecting all the money and rebuilding it so that was the time that I had to then go in 
and talk for however long it would take them to reset the money. But then, like, if you're there all day, because they'd film, like, five episodes a day. Yeah. Or something like that. And then you're, like, you run out of things to talk about. So I, my panic is, oh, God, I'd watch all the questions or I'd try and work out what the answers were because at any point that money could drop and then I'd have to go in. So the level of concentration and and that you need and the focus, and I'm not very focused at all, but it's, yeah, would well, I go in now? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, do you want me now? Oh, God, no, no. Oh, God, the money's gone again. All oh, right, blah, blah, blah. And mm. it's that constant panic of what am I going to say? What am I going to say? It's weird that they didn't have two and then they could take one off and God, set up. <laughs> Where have you been? I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, why would they just have one? That's yeah. a lot of money to pick yeah. up. But then the other day, I did um, Bake Off Extra Slice. Yeah. Um, and you know when the ad breaks are coming up for that, so you know when you're going to have to go in. But I find it terrifying because if something, like one one time I was doing Pointless, warm-up on Pointless, and... Um, uh, there was a butterfly in the studio and it kept landing on the set and it kept landing on people, the desks, it kept landing everywhere. So there's people trying to catch this butterfly. So I'm like, and Lou, can you go in? Yeah. Well, what do I talk about? Oh, there's, oh, I'll just talk about trying to catch a butterfly for a bit. Yeah. Has anyone in the audience caught a butterfly before? Oh no, how do you do it? And then you're like 40 minutes later, it's like, Oh God, I've got nothing left on butterflies. Oh God, I absolutely, it's very different from comparing because with comparing, you know, nine times out of 10, you've got a set time Yeah. Um, that you have to fill and you know, right, oh, that's done. Get off, get back on, blah, blah, blah. But with warm up, it's like anything could go wrong at any point and you'd yeah. have to just jump in and be entertaining. And then are they audience? Oh gosh, I've had my tummy. Do, are the audiences? Do they like change once they change the episode, or does the audience stay the same? Um, with the quiz shows, the audience would stay maybe uh, for the morning. So in the morning, you would probably get like two two episodes done. Then you'd have your lunch break. Then they'd change, and then you'd have three episodes in the afternoon. This is like the countdown, mm. and that was really hard because they'd be there all afternoon. And with Countdown especially, they had a repeat audience that would come every filming session, and they had been there every filming session for 30 years. So... What? Yeah. Yeah. So And that was more like social services, actually. Yeah. Because that you're, you're getting um, uh, a certain audience who loves their quizzes, who loves the the familiar, the the the, the family unit of that audience. So mm. they all know each other and a lot of them, depending on the day that they would come, a lot of them would have their same seats and they didn't like to be disrupted. Mm. So it's kind of, oh, hello, Barbara. How are you this week or whatever? Yeah. It's actually, well, with a lot of them, it's just making sure they're still alive. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't think they have an audience at Countdown since COVID. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. 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 Do you, so obviously you probably prefer doing MCing over. Or do you do you still enjoy it even though you've got that fear of, do you like the rush of that? Like, could be at any moment. I don't like that rush at all. Okay. I find it terrifying. I think if I'd, I've sort of said to floor managers before, if I could have an earpiece and I could hear the director, um, if I could hear what was going on, then I would be a little bit more warned as to when I'm going to have to step in, mm. and especially on massive shows as well. Yeah. Like today I've been asked to do Have I Got News For You? And that's been going 30 something, if not yeah. more years. And so the panelists and everybody knows how that works. I've never done that one before. Yeah. So I like terrifies me that sort of thing because you, most of the time you're just in the way. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's a thankless task. Yeah. You go, you waffle, 
nobody gives a shit and then you leave. Yeah. You're like the, not to, um, but it's like the warm up act for certain tours. Mm. Like some of them are really amazing, but then some, I've heard some comedians talk about, they're like, oh, I don't like doing this acts certain audience because I know they're just not going to like me. Yeah. Yeah. A thankless, brutal task. Yeah. Yeah. But the money is good. Money is good. Yeah. And when you've got a wedding to pay for. Yeah. Oh, God, shut up. Am I getting oh, married? Oh, she's getting married. Oh, my God. That's Feb, isn't it? Yeah. Shut up. Oh, it's so cute. Oh. You guys are adorable. Oh, thanks. I, it, it's so funny because when I, because I've, I've known Ed for, do you know, mind me saying No, no. I know I knew him obviously because he'd come to New Zealand. Yeah. And then he would tell his jokes. So I was like, oh, okay. And then you would tell yours. And then when I put two and two together, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So cute. He's the cutest man in the whole wide world forever and ever, mm. amen. Yeah. He's adorable. Yeah. yeah very, very lucky there. But it's, I never thought I would end up with a comedian because yeah. nine times out of ten male comedians are twats. Yeah. Um, not all. Not all. But nine times out of ten. And I've been very lucky with this one because we are the same person except he's got a willy and I've got a fanny. Yeah. And, um, and uh, it's nice getting home and sort of having a post-mortem as, as to what's happened that night. Yeah. And then... If I've got a gig last minute and we plan to go out, he's not going to get arsy with me about that because that's yeah. what we do. Yeah. So that it kind of works really well. So yeah, yeah. I'm very lucky. Well done. Yeah, and you've travelled and you went to Perth together, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then because we sort of met properly in Adelaide in 2020 because we'd never worked together before really? until Australia. Wow. Yeah. And then when we, we sort of like had our first proper sort of flirty, flirty chat in Adelaide. And then when we went back this year, I was like, oh, it's definitely going to propose to me in Adelaide at this restaurant. Definitely. Yeah. And then um, uh, and then he tried to propose to me in that restaurant in Adelaide. But I didn't realise what he was doing. So um, I had invited everybody to come and join us for a drink. And oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hello. I know. <laughs> but that's the trouble with comedians, isn't it? If you yeah. say, I'm going for a drink, they're just going to come with you, aren't they? You, well, yeah. Yeah. Because it can be quite lonely. Mm. Yeah. On the road. It can be lonely on the road. Very lonely on the road. Because I think people don't realise that you're in the car on your own or yeah. flying somewhere on your own. And the 20 minutes you're on stage is the only time that you actually see people, actually. Yeah. A lot of the time. And especially now as people are like rushing off to another gig. Like mm. that was quite a shock for me when I first started working in London and in a comedy club. The amount that didn't stick around and they just went. And I was like, but everyone stuck around mm. at the classic in New Zealand. Mm. Like that was the home for comedians. Yeah. That's where they felt safe. That's where they drank. But then, yeah, in London, I was just like, where are you going? They're like, oh, I'm going to another gig. Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah, you can do like five or six gigs a night in London yeah. or... Apparently, I've never really done that. Yeah, crackers, innit? Yeah. 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 And then you're bringing your new show. You've done a show before. You did it, was it last year or the year before? No, it was last year. Was it last year? Yeah, yeah a show. In, you were in Gulliver's. Yes, lovely. It was a lovely space. Yeah, lovely space, lovely room. Yes, I did a show called A Show. I think it was called, wasn't it? A Show. A Show. Yeah. Yeah. Because I couldn't think of anything to call it and this year I couldn't think of anything to call my show so and then I was I'd worked with Bobby Davro do you know who Bobby Davro is right this is an issue that I have had so the show this year is called Bobby Davro's Bunyan Mm. and Bobby Davro was a huge household name comedian in the 80s uh, and a little bit of the 90s yeah and then um, it, well, I think it just sort of like went a bit tits for him. Uh, and I gigged with him in Galway Comedy Festival a couple of years ago. Um, and um, he basically we got picked up at the airport together. And while we were in the minibus thing, it was just two of us on this bus, he just chewed my ear off mm. the whole journey. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think he, he. That's typical. Yeah, yeah. He he did basically he did his entire set for me yeah. twice. Yeah. And then he took his shoes off, and then he went to sleep. I think he bored himself, and he took his shoes off, and he had the biggest bunion I've ever seen in my entire life. So I took a picture of it. Um and um, and then I was like, I could just do a whole show about his bunion. So, <laughs> so then, but then I did a I did a um sort of a work in progress of the show in McCuncliffe this year um, that well, half the audience didn't know who Bobby Davro was. So I then I was like, oh, yeah, but it's, it's Bobby Davro. And then I was like, oh, my God, Louise, you're really old, so you need to think about this. And there was a couple, and I, so I said to the audience, does nobody know who, and then somebody put their hand up, oh, yeah, I know who Bobby Davro is. He's the bloke that ate a gerbil. Um, and I was like, no, that no, that wasn't Bobby Davro, that was Freddie Starr. Then half the audience were like, who's Freddie Starr? I was like, oh, my God. But I'd already committed to calling it that when I when I booked the show at the Women in Comedy Festival. So what I've done is I'm playing a game. Is it a yeah. bunion or an onion? And I tried this in MacFest where I got somebody out of the audience who yeah. had a genuine bunion. Um, and I'm not going to reveal anything else, no. but I had a prop. And I made somebody blindfolded. I made them feel a real foot or an, a pickled onion. And they had to guess which one was the bunion. <laughs> so that's basically the what's going to happen in the show <laughs> on the 12th of October. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Just going to play bunion or onion. It's going to be great. Yeah. Bobby Davro also, now I'm going to ask you to Google this. He, uh, there's a pilot video that is on the YouTube with him and three other stalwarts of the televisual delights in the 80s, Lionel Blair, Jim Bowen and Keith Chegwin. And uh, Bobby Davro is in stocks. So he's, his hands are locked up, his head's locked up. And Lionel Blair has pulled his trousers down. And they're all singing, always look on the bright side of life. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, and this video is hilarious, awful for so many different reasons they're singing always look on the bright side of life bobby tries to dance and the whole stocks that he's in falls forward onto a concrete floor and um all you can hear is keith chegwin going oh bobby oh jesus stop stop oh bobby um and in the mac festival i played that video to the audience um and um yeah that that was greeted sort of like half horror and half delight so I, I don't think I'll be playing it um, in, this, the show. in the show no I've still got to sort of what Louise have you got to write it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's normal of comics as well they sign up to do a show and then it's like I haven't written it yet and it's like you're on in a week yeah, yeah sorry about that Oops. it will come yeah. it will come yeah it's no but that's what's good about comics so you are quick like you do mm. procrastinate, but then when it comes to the crunch, you're just like, whoop, 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 whoop. well, yeah, you've got to, haven't you? Really? I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. <laughs> oh yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> and I'm just going, yeah, this is this yeah. is normal, everyone. Yeah, I'm just gonna play bunion or onion for an hour, yeah. and then that's yeah. it. It's so funny what you say in the van though, because we used to have a saying behind the bars, like if you didn't want to talk, just ask a comic a question, and you could just. They'll oh just go God. forever. Yeah, he just didn't stop. Yeah. Like the whole journey, and it was like two and a bit hours. And then he was telling me, um, he said, oh, yeah, because I said I'd do support for Sarah Millican. And he went, oh, um, she's Gary Delaney's wife. I was like, yeah. He went, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got um, some of my jokes. I've got some of Gary's. I've got some of Gary Delaney's. I've got some of so-and-so and so-and-so. And, -so and, -so. and I was like, he's like audibly telling me that he uses other people's jokes. Oh, it's just what we did in the 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not allowed anymore. No, I don't really think it was allowed at the time. No, really, but... no. Oh, so yeah, I got a couple of Delaney's, got a couple of so-and-so, so-and-so's. But it was notorious for, oh, I know at the comedy store in LA, it was notorious if uh, Robin Williams was in, they knew that don't use your best stuff because it was going to be taken. 
there was a lot of that going on really? yeah yeah there was a lot of that they knew if there was a whole the industry knew like if certain comics writers were in or if they were in not to use your best stuff wow yeah a lot oh. of that stuff happened in the in the 70s god right you wait in a year's time somebody will be on telly playing bunion or onion yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be on one. You're going to be doing the support, um, the the show warm ups, and then they're going to have yeah. that as a segment. And you're yeah, going to be, yeah. like, that? be like, but that's, but that's yeah. mine. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. But it's going to be a great show. I saw your show last year, and it was amazing. That's well, really, really good. Thank you. It was just all it was sold out as well. Yeah. Full. I, I think I've only sold about three tickets this time. I haven't. No, checked. you've sold more than that. Have I? Yeah. Have I? Yeah. How many have I sold? Like eight? I think you're quite. No, I think you're about ten. No. Yeah. People are coming. People are coming to oh see you, though. People love you. Because oh. you're a great MC, you're a great act. I can say that with confidence because I watch you all the time. You're a very lovely person. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I watch a comic over and over and they still make me laugh, that's, that's... Oh, my God. That is a massive compliment. Thank you so I much. I know. The British are like, compliment? <laughs> what do I do with that? <laughs> we want to be awful. Yeah. <laughs> have you never tried it yourself? No. What? No. No. No, I don't have that in me. I think I'm more better on the other side. Wouldn't you just want to have a go? No. Not even for charity, if no. they've made you do it now. No. Go talk to your boss and say, come on, Jess, no. Amy needs to do this for charity. Right now, no, no. No, no I, I enjoy what, I love watching progression. I love seeing people, you know what I mean? When you see something in them yeah. and then you just see them grow and yeah. grow. It's such a magical, Yeah. you know. I've just, I, I don't know how I've got that, but I just noticed it when I was working at the classic. I could see someone I was like, that person's going to go somewhere. You're and like then a comedy mother, aren't you? Auntie. Auntie, not mother. Not no. mother. Okay. Jess's mum. Jess's mum, your comedy auntie. I'm the auntie. Yeah. Uh, what am I, grandma? No. Yeah. No. I wouldn't be grandma. No. Well, say that though. I've heard a couple of people that I went to school with are grandmas now and I find that terrifying. I can't believe you're 39. <laughs> I'm staring at you trying to work out. How, what Kiwi your, jeans. Yeah, what are you, what's your skincare routine? I don't have any. Shut up. No, I don't. They just use water and that's it. <gasps> yeah, it's just Kiwi jeans. Kiwi jeans. Yeah. Right. Kiwi jeans. It's living on an island, you know, that's chilled. You're living on an island now. Yeah, but it's not chilled here. No. It's very like intense, so intense. New Zealand's chill. Do you ever get the urge to go back? Yeah, I do. I do miss it. One day, it's expensive. There goes my tummy. Yeah, my, I think mine's going to talk to you in a minute. <laughs> I think our tummies are going to have a conversation <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Yeah, hang on. I'm I'm squeezing mine in. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll probably be a fart in a minute. Okay. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Jacob, you'll have to edit a fart out. <laughs> I think that's a good way to end it. Yeah. I yeah. Think that's great. End it on a fart. End it on a fart. It's comedy. Yeah. There's nothing funnier than a fart, Jake, is there? It's universal. Yeah. I'm really tempted now to stand up and fart into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do that. I'm a mature human being. Yeah. <laughs>